vampires. They're everywhere. You're one of them, aren't you? No. I'm something else. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University. I am your professor, Mario Rivera. And joining me is the illustrious doctoral student, Cyclone MC, who has a bachelor's in the MCU, has a master's in the multiverse, but is going for their dissertation in Marvel Studies. Cyclone, how are you doing? I am doing excellent. I am so excited to be here with you recording the show. It's going to be incredible. Yes, I. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Of course, this all stemmed from... The fact that in our Discord, you have a private channel where you scream about Marvel, and you, of course, explored through the entire uh, MCU universe, watched all the movies, and a specific... What was the order that you actually watched it in? You watched it in, like, a timeline order? I watched it in an awful, con convoluted order, and if you want to hear about every single detail and how, you, how I watched it, go check out the Dollar Slice podcast episode with me on it i explained exactly the order <laughs> i watched everything in it's ridiculous and convoluted i know D don't yell at me i know it was ridiculous but i had a blast <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day of course you did finish the entire all of all at least all the movies including all the way up to shang uh, shang chi so you're already caught up there you also caught up on uh which actually started because we watched wandavision one day in the discord and then you're like what's this universe and then you just jumped in not only that <laughs> you then of course did the extra credit which was go and watch all the netflix shows the hulu shows and the freeform shows. So you have quite a bit of all of the extended knowledge that is sort of MCU sort of related. And that was an accomplishment in itself. The fact that you've gone in and not only that, well, I also forgot the ABC shows. You also probably <laughs> did Agent Carter and then. Uh -huh. uh, yep. All, all of, of the it. TV shows. Yes. All the stuff that's considered either non-canon or multiverse or whatever. Uh, the Also. Comic books. You jumped in the comic books. You also jumped in and got that. How's that experience been so far? It's great. I One of my dear friends, Alexis Blake, which you can find at Alexis Blake Read Comics on TikTok. She has so many amazing, amazing guides for people who are new to comics. And I'm not new to comics, but I'm new to the MCU. So I used her guides. She had like suggested reading for certain characters. And then one of her big pieces of advice is to choose one character and follow and just read through every single thing they've been in since their start. And then you get like exposure to like the ideas of different events and you get more background knowledge before you really dive into everything. So I chose the character Echo uh, because she's total badass deaf character, uh, Native American character who is, you know, upcoming in the Hawkeye show played by Alika Cox, who's an, a phenomenal actor. So I chose Echo and I read all of the things she was in and then sort of started branching out to other characters that I found through that reading. No, oh, that's fantastic. And, uh, of course, I'm very excited for uh, the other projects that you have down the road uh, and other pod deck. Uh, those are, uh, is that known knowledge now? We can talk about that? Talk about what? Uh, your uh, podcasting uh, stint with... We'll cut that out. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know when we're announcing that, so I, and I don't know when this is going to come out, so I don't want to talk about it just in case. All right, I will cut. Yeah, that is true. This could come out much later, too. That's that true. Okay. <laughs> well, that is all well and good. I am so happy that you've gotten and dig deep into the MCU, but there is a blind spot. And, of course, that blind spot is all of the Marvel movies before the MCU. And I'm talking... X-Men. I'm talking Spider-Man. I'm talking Elektra. I'm talking Ghost Rider. So this is actually going to be a fun podcast because we're going to go to, and if obviously if you see the title of this one, uh, we're going to go through all of the non-MCU canon and just enjoy the movies as they were, as they came out, in the order in which they were released. And uh, we're starting this episode, of course. Uh, which we're going to actually start our very first class. Uh, knock, 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 whatever soundbite or whatever I'm going to put in here because I think that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> class is now in session. We are entering history class. We're, of course, going to be we watched Blade, 1998's Blade. Of course, directed by uh, Stephen Norrington, who, if you don't know, has done not a whole lot of directing. He's actually done a lot of like creature work in other films, if I'm not mistaken. But his most notable movie after Blade is, uh, of course, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen starring Sean Connery. If you have not seen that, um, definitely an interesting movie. It's definitely uh, something that, you know, people are a fan of the comics, and then you see that movie. They're quite different, but still, I think that's a fun watch. But, you know, who knows? It's not a part of this MCU, so I'm not going to talk about this. Uh, of course, written by David S. Goyer, who got to start writing the Demonic Toys movies for Full Moon back in the day. Uh, however, he is responsible for movies such as Batman Begins, uh, he's written partially The Dark Knight, uh, Batman versus Superman, if I'm not mistaken, and of course we'll be directing uh, the third Blade film that we will see later in this list. So we'll he'll be a recurring thing, good or bad, and we'll figure that out later. Uh, of course, the studio that uh, released this film, this is not a um, Disney property as of right now, of course. It was sold to New Line Cinema, which is the company responsible for the Nightmare on Elm Street films, as well as The Lord of the Rings, which, yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings is big. So that's probably interesting that, of course, that their biggest thing they're known for is this uh, scary movie and uh, and Blade at this point. So that's that's fun. The movie, of course, stars Wesley motherfucking Snipes, uh, which... I'm so excited to talk about his performance, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, it also stars Stephen Dorff, uh, Christopherson, uh, Chris Christopherson. Uh, this now this name is where I I lose it. Is it in in Bushy? It was like because it was like you're asking the deaf one. I don't know. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Bushy right. Sorry if I missed your, missed your name. Uh, Donald Logue and Tracy Lords, and we'll talk about Tracy Lords right at the beginning because I'm very upset about that. Um, of course, the plot of the movie is in a world where vampires walk the earth. You want me to? Yeah, do it. Do this, please. Actually, I'll I'll take the time. Do it. All right. So the plot of this movie goes. In a world where vampires walk the earth, Blade has a goal. His goal is to rid the world of all vampire evil. When Blade witnesses a vampire bite, Dr. Karen Jensen, he fights away the beast and takes Jensen back to his hideout. Here, alongside Abram Whistler, Blade attempts to help heal Jensen. The vampire Quinn, who who was attacked by Blade, reports back to his master, Deacon Frost is planning a huge surprise for the human population love it i love that this is this is perfect you're going to do the plot going forward i think that's awesome that's hilarious uh 
Of course, this film features uh, not that many characters that I saw. I don't know if you have any research on this, but the only two, three characters really that are of matter, of course, is Blade, Deacon Frost, and Blade's mothers in this. That is pretty much... I don't know if you saw any research or anything else. I saw there was a little bit about Abraham Whistler, I think, is in... From what I understand, because I, I looked that up. So he is not a comic creation. He is created for this movie. However, he showed up on the animated ser- uh, Superman, sorry, Spider-Man series, which is sort okay. of how he's connected. So he was yeah. created here, but then showed up later in... Yeah. in- Kind of like a Harley Quinn situation where Harley Quinn was created on the animated show, but then now is like a mainstream thing. I think that's pretty much kind of less. And honestly, I'm I'm happy for his inclusion. I think he's a really great character in this movie, Um, despite some of the things he says. (laughs) Um, But of course, we're going to get to yet our next class, which, of course, is really more of an open discussion. It is, of course, the Stanley seminar. This is the part where we got to get to talk about the movie. And I get to ask Sly, what did you think of Blade? <laughs> I have so many notes. Like, <laughs> I I, while I was watching this, I was writing so many things down, just like all of my thoughts. Um, I, I think it was pretty well balanced. It kept me pretty engaged the whole way through. Uh, the the animation, like the special effects, like with the vampires and stuff held up pretty decently i think like i wasn't looking at that and thinking "Ooh, gosh <laughs> that's really old effects yeah. like i thought it was pretty decent um i had such a blast like this was just <laughs> it's so silly and so ridiculous and so much fun um i do want to shout out one of my first notes for this movie is gay with three (laughs) exclamation points it begins there giant because you open up especially i noticed in the like vampire club scene (laughs) famous famous vampire club scene macking on each other yeah and i was like oh hell yeah just getting right into this the mcu could never (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i want to mention that specifically because i love so the beginning of the movie obviously is it's uh this woman leads this man into the back of a meat packing plant and it's a secret (laughs) nightclub for vampires and i love that she brings him in but immediately leaves him and just goes to party with the girl like that is my favorite thing and shout out so that lady of course is tracy lord's God bless you. I love you, Tracy Lords. Uh, of course, was in films such as Crybaby and uh, oh man, uh, I'm so so sad that she immediately dies in this movie. Like very early on, I was like, she's in the goddamn credits, and she dies like within five minutes of this movie. So that bummed me out because I didn't remember. Or I, I didn't remember she was in the movie. So when I saw this again, I was like, oh, Tracy Lords is here, and immediately just iced by Blade in the in a fun way, to be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah. If it was any other scenario, I would call them out for burying their gays. But they just <laughs> killed everybody, so like I can't have a problem with it. Like everybody died. <laughs> no, every yeah, pretty much everybody died, and they're about to sacrifice that boy. Oh, by the way, the the bloodbath scene, the that to me is just oh like 
oh my god, everyone just starts going wild. It's sort of like the big reveal of the vampires. The mu- the music is pumping in the scene, and we'll talk about the music a little bit later. But yeah, I uh, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely, absolutely adore the scene. It is so iconic for obviously the beginning of it, but then also the fight that happens afterwards. Um, but yeah, um, any more thoughts, obviously, on uh, the characters or anything else? Yeah, also in the like right after the like brave scene whatever the the dude who was guarding the door in the meat packing facility <laughs> he starts screaming and i want to point out the captions just said screaming in slavic language and i was like that's just screaming dude <laughs> it cracked me up it's like screaming in Slavic language. <laughs> All right. It's like screaming with an accent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. I, so I'm gonna pull from my notes here really quick because I want because all I like I said I took some notes but really they're just definitive statements and this is basically what I wrote uh-huh. two minutes into this movie this movie fucking rules <laughs> Tracy Lawrence is awesome Raven the back of a meatpacking plant lesbian vampires <laughs> bloodbath <laughs> how does Blade not get covered in blood <laughs> right he was just like pristine I'm like how Where did, was he hiding behind the DJ because the DJ is the only other person that doesn't get wet that's what I'm curious about no because he came in from the opposite side yeah which other people behind him were wet <laughs> <laughs> he had an umbrella <laughs> <laughs> love that for him oh <laughs> uh, god yeah and then of course i wrote uh tracy lords dies too soon and donald Logan's is getting a blowjob in the back of the scene that's uh, i also noticed that that was a bizarre yeah. thing i was like okay everyone's good having party here good, good for, for him. him he goes through a lot in this movie by the way which of course is quinn um uh, <laughs> yeah uh so th- this obviously is then the first introduction of blade what was your uh what was your thoughts on wesley snipes as the titular character I thought he was great. Like, I like the character is standoffish and, you know, kind of a loner, but he's just like, there's so much care, I think, put into this performance that you really, you really feel attached, even though the movie's not trying to force you to feel attached at all. Yeah. They're like, mm, whatever, vampires killing them all, whatever. But like, I I think his performance is just so done with such care that you you can't help but love him. Yeah, and I do find it interesting how in certain aspects, yeah, you're right, he's standoffish, but there's certain parts where he is empathetic, and I like how they show it. They show it in like a few different ways. Obviously, the big thing is he saves uh, Karen, right? He, he he immediately sees his mother, which I don't know how he could do that. He was a baby. Uh, <laughs> I, I so that I thought was one of the moments that I was like, and then I was like, suspension of disbelief. Suspension. I had to suspend my disbelief a couple times, and I'll talk about that. But that was the first one. I ended up like coming around to it because he has a photo of his mom, and so I don't know if that was just like just sort of a projection thing that, you know, that he sort of conjured in his mind of what his mom looked like or, you know, whatever that was. But I that- just put it up to freaky vampire memory, <laughs> freaky vampire memory. Um, and then the other moment of like affection that he had was the person selling him serum. Like he just gives him a hug. <laughs> yeah. I love that dude. I, yeah. 
that was that scene was one of my favorite moments because something we don't see often is just like casual affection between like men mm-hmm. on screen but especially you don't see that with black characters mm-hmm. at all and i thought that was just like such a great scene where he's just going through his life you know he has all these people who like he's connected with that just like know what like he's there and care that he's like coming in early which means something's going on and just like casually hugs that dude like i thought that scene was so beautiful yeah i really i really liked it a lot as well um my my also favorite note about blade is uh he's never not blade he's always blade like no matter what he's walking down normal streets and he's blade (laughs) he's got a gun he's got a sword fully decked out (laughs) all the time all the time Uh, why not i do love where this movie is set i believe it's in la but like in downtown la um because that area it looks like that in a lot of ways there are some like there's not flowing trash everywhere that i saw in one particular scene but like the buildings look that way and i thought that was cool to see because um I got to stay there during uh, E3 one year, and then yeah, I just saw the areas. I was like, yeah, it kind of looks. It looks like exactly like that, and that's an area of LA you don't see often. You usually see either it's like a neighborhood that's being plagued by gang violence, or you're gonna see Hollywood Hills, right? You don't see the inner workings of like downtown, and I think that is what was cool about the setting of this one specifically. Um, the rest of the series, things are different, but the C, at least in this perspective, I thought was cool. I also noticed that during the daytime, it was heavily saturated with white light, which I thought was interesting too. Like it was definitely bright, um, facilitating not only, you know, the fact that, yeah, he's a vampire and he's walking during the day, but there's also the idea that it's possible that, um, Karen uh, character could potentially still turn to a vampire and it could be affecting her. So I thought that was a cool way to show it. I want to say when... When they introduced her and she was a hematologist, I was like, they're going to make her a vampire. That's just too much irony to not. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, I do have one final note before we move on to our next question. Mm -hmm. And that's this movie is simultaneously very sexy Uh and not sexy at all 100% and I don't know how they achieved it because it's like it's pretty sexy but also not at all no I'm just like yeah like I don't know how they and I want to know in what universe that uh Quinn Donald Logue's character is perceived as a hot figure because there's a scene where they're like in the penthouse and he's like laying on top of two like beautiful women (laughs) I'm just like, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. However, I will say, and we haven't really talked about this character yet because I, I, I think I have a crush on him. Uh, Deacon Frost is fucking hot in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got that. He's got that energy, and uh, he just has I a cool a, ass look. I have look. a quote about that. Yeah. Uh, it was the we're the top of the fucking food so, chain, and I wrote that quote. I just wrote hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. Oh, 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 God! I can't wait to get the next seven, but we're we're, we're not there yet. Uh, um, there was uh something else. Uh, the only thing about the CGI, and it, to me, the problem is only in like, you know, the blood dripping at the end. Just looked like it was out of the TV show reboot. 
But other than that, you know, I thought like him, like him getting cut up at the end and him like coming back together. I thought that still was totally cool. Like when he does like the hand thing and it like looks, looks fucking awesome. He's always like got no buttons on his shirt. It's just always open. So cool. Um, I did want to talk about my good. Yeah, no. The other thing was at at the ending, the flying skeletons. I went, mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Straight out of, like Mortal Kombat. Like, what the hell's going on? Oh, that is actually one. Of, yeah, some of my other notes was uh, what was it? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Deacon Frost uh, loves EDM. I love that. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Well, Mortal Kombat is playing on the TV for no reason in the background in the party, um, which I thought was yeah. also. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, of course, one of my favorite quotes is also "You tell Frost it's open season on all suckheads." <laughs> so, so uh, definitely, definitely fantastic. Um, let's talk, before we move on to, to the counterparts. I th- I, let's talk about uh, Whistler specifically and the relationship between him and Blade. Only because I find it fascinating that yes, both it's a mentor thing, but I do find it's very fatherly, and I love that it's fatherly between sort of like you know a you know black child and white parent as well that in a video in a movie that's about vampires still managed to be somewhat powerful and interesting yeah for sure i think i was really surprised by how much care they took with their characters of color Mm -hmm. and i specifically remember thinking wow there's so many black women in this movie yes and that is something you still hardly see like dark-skinned black women um so i thought that was really great but yes specifically that that relationship between whistler and blade is so interesting in how they feel like equals but they also have such a deep like emotional connection like that like father-son bond yeah uh to the point where i you know i got a little a little sad during you know uh, whistler's final moments in this movie where He's telling Blade to do it. Blade just doesn't do it, but he still is Blade. Like he just walks away and doesn't break a facade. But you hear it and you just you feel it though. Like it, that to me was also like very big. Um, that I was very happy that they were exploring in this movie. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was something. So I do want to talk. About, but I did also want to say Whistler is a fun character because my favorite shot of him is he's putting gas in a car and he's spilling everywhere and immediately lights up a cigarette. Yeah. I was I have a note about that. I completely forgot. Thank you. Yeah. I, I lost my mind. I cracked him cuz he like he just grabs the gas, it spills anywhere. He lights up a lighter, lights a cigarette and I go, "Oh no, this is going to be bad." Yeah. And then nothing happens. And I'm just like it's so fucking funny. It's so funny. Live your life, man. Uh, are you a fan of vampire movies in general? Like, do you follow the rules on certain ones? What did you think of the rules in this one specifically? Not really. Um, I didn't think they were egregious. Yeah. I think they, you know, did a good job of including all the typical tropes that you expect to see. And also uh, picking and choosing what they wanted to subvert. Mm-hmm. I thought they did that really good. Talking about like stakes and crosses and whatever, being like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Um I I'm not a huge vampire movie person. Sure. So I I don't know what else that they could have done really well compared to yeah. that genre. Um 
but yeah i didn't think it was like egregious or overdone at all no for sure the only thing i what i thought was missing out of the sort of like you know the usual canon of vampires is the sort of like uh allowing you to go inside someone's house but they never really have that issue it's usually like open areas so it's like i guess that's fine um for the most part because at first i thought it was vampires gonna attack um Karen in her, her house, but it wouldn't make sense. It was daytime. But the fact that they introduced familiars, which I was very happy that was actually something interesting and could be facilitating and, and, and is, is a big part of you know vampire lore, which I thought was cool. However, I, I did want to call out Blade calls the familiar vampire a little hooker, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Blade has like the best lines, the best lines. One thing that totally like escaped my brain, just totally gone, totally forgot about for decades is Pearl the record keeper. What did you think of Pearl the record keeper? Which is referred to as he. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Is is his voice super high pitch or something? I don't I don't know. Like I, I, I just thought I was, I didn't, I mean, they weren't the way they presented it was just like, I couldn't tell what was happening because there's this giant globulous creature, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. He's just chilling. Yeah. I loved the records room. I thought that, that was, was cool. gorgeous. Um, and then I do have a note in here that they're like, just going to shoot up the Bible. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they completely <laughs> 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 and I'm like, that was like one moment that I was like, if this is supposed to be so special to like the vampires, why are they picking a fight in here? Like, yeah. <laughs> Which it's in a but, strip club. All right. <laughs> you. I just, I just, it's so funny. And I just love that. Again, I wrote another note. Nothing's cooler than Asian men wearing black suits and sunglasses indoors smoking cigarettes. Cause that is above this record room. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, loved it. Loved it so, so much. Okay. We'll go ahead and we'll move on to the next question. Of course. Um, which is, let's see here, which we kind of don't have a thing for yet, but what do we think about the compared to the MCU counterpart? So, yeah. So I, the vibes I was getting from this was the Netflix TV show Punisher, not okay. in the way you're thinking, not sure. about the like shooting or whatever, specifically like Whistler's like backstory is very similar mm-hmm. in that regards. And then Blade's affinity to adopting strays. <laughs> and so I felt like those two combined kind of make up the entire personality of Punisher. 100%. And I thought that was really interesting to see that that dichotomy that was so um, familiar in this character I'd already seen. No, for sure. And, uh, of course, Blade... You know, I'm glad that you were able to compare it to something else very similar into the MCU because there is no Blade character as of right now, no vampires as we know of. Um, actually, there is a I think there's a joke about vampires, but I don't know if they've actually had like an actual vampire on screen. Well, no, yeah, I don't think so. But we'll Not see. Canonically, yet. No, we'll figure. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. And I'm curious how they're going to introduce them and how they've been a part of the world. Um, but yeah, supposedly, uh, of course, Blade is a project coming up with Marvel. Um, it is going to be starring Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, which hell yeah, of course, previously was on uh, Netflix. Uh, Luke Cage. So that's 
awesome. Uh, really excited to see his take on the character. However, I will say Wesley Snipes has made it mostly iconic. Wesley Snipes is actually not the only person that's played Blade. There was a Blade TV show uh, that is technically canon to these movies. But it only ran for one season on Spike Network, and no one remembers it, and you can't find it. So <laughs> we're not going to have to worry about that. The other thing that I... Uh, it took me so long throughout watching this movie to place was all I could think was, wow, like Blade's fighting style is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what about it was kind of... I was like, hmm, that's a really interesting fighting style. And then I realized it's very much like light on his feet and like acrobatic. Yeah. Like he's not doing flips or whatever, but it's very like acrobatic style movement. And the only time we really see that in the MCU is in uh, Bucky and Natasha's fighting styles, which it seems like it's kind of a nod to in the comics when Bucky trained Natasha in the Red Room, which isn't like MCU canon, but it feels kind of like a nod that their fighting styles are so similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blade's fighting style really uh, seemed similar to that to me. So I'm really interested to see what their take on his fighting style is coming up. For sure. Definitely. Very, very curious. And uh, we will actually be talking about fighting styles actually in the quiz section of this episode. So we'll talk about that in a second. Now I get to reveal some fun trivia about that. So uh, very, very (laughs) excited. Uh, Okay. I think we're going to move on to the next question, which of course is, does this movie hold up and is it still worth watching? Uh, Because we're going to be asking this question quite a bit on the show. I will tell you that. Uh, (laughs) Sly, what do you think? Is this movie, uh, does this movie hold up? I think it holds up for me. I yeah. I really enjoyed watching it. I didn't feel like there was any point that I was like, ugh, I have to watch this. And so, like, um, would I watch it again? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say a hard yes, but I'm, I'm so glad I watched it. And I feel like I didn't lose anything by watching it in 2021. Like, I feel like I got just as much out of it. As if I had watched it earlier. True. And I'm wondering once we get the Blade in the MCU, I'm very curious how to compare those two and how it compares and contrasts. And I would love down the road when that movie comes out, maybe we do a comparison um, between the two. It was sort of a revisit to this class. So that way we could, you know, really get some insights on that. But uh, yeah, I think overall, in my opinion, uh, you know, watching it, I, I think it holds up quite well. Wesley Snipes is just fun to watch. His one-liners are incredible. And uh, the other surprise that I had with it was Stephen Dorff's character as Deacon Frost is actually really fun just to sort of be there. And his monologues Mm -hmm. are really great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has some great scenes with both Blade and with other people, um, specifically um, him and the head vampire. I don't even know his name, but, you know, that sunblock scene or the sunrise scene, which uh, I thought was hilarious. I was like, how are you guys going to? how are you going to be okay? And then they explain it later that it was sunblock. And I'm like, okay, all right. (laughs) I was like, that's fine. Um, But yeah, no, I definitely think that this movie is something still worth watching, especially for the opening scene alone, I think is amazing. So definitely, definitely check that out. And then I think the fight scene at the end um, when Blade is sort of revitalized and just whoops ass on people. 
Um, even the fight, even the fight, even the fight with Deacon's a little short for my liking for him being a god, supposedly. But at the same time, I think I forgive it just because I like love the performances. And uh, yeah, I think this one's definitely something I would still revisit um, in the future. So I think that's that's a good start for this podcast. We'll see how that goes continuing. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there any other notes that you had that you want to talk like highlight really quick before we go on to the next segment? Next class, I should say. I think. Oh, I, we did not talk about uh, the the dude fucking his mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. One of the biggest twists in the movie is the fact that Deacon Frost is responsible for Blade in the first place. Let's be honest. The fact that he is a daywalker, but he's also banging his mom. His mom's a vampire as well. And not only that, his mom's a little freaky towards Blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how to process that. It's a little, uh, it's a I don't lot. know how to feel with that. Um, I just my notes just said mmm gross. Yeah, I uh, I I said <laughs> Mama Blade trying to fuck is what I wrote. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and looking at my notes, I had one thing I wanted to talk about in the MCU Carnival Park that I forgot about. How many times is that dude gonna lose an arm? <laughs> <laughs> there's so many lost arms in the mcu especially like, oh my god that, yeah. like phase three where like everybody lost yeah, phase an one arm. I, or yeah phase two i think yeah everyone like, lost an arm or something yeah <laughs> that dude lost his arm twice twice and then i to be honest i felt he went out sort of like lame like i wish it was a longer death but you know that's fine i'm totally cool with the way the vampires die in this movie in the same way that the buffy vampires die where they just dust immediately and just like fade away um <laughs> Which I'm like, it's cool. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think he dies very quickly. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you still get all to the fun, fun stuff. Um, I did write also, actually, um, there's a focus on race and half-bloods in this. Sort of like this like half-blood and I was born a vampire. They don't really go into how you're born a vampire. Other than, obviously, Blade is born because his mom was bit when she was pregnant. Like, where where does I'm very curious. They don't go into that whatsoever. And I'm curious about that detail and what makes them so special because they are completely dispatched in this movie as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. I'm not sure of the hierarchy of this, if this is just a local sect of higher vampires or what. Like there's a lot of stuff that's put in this movie that is not fully explored that I would love for them to explore. And maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe they'll explore it later in the other movies. So um, very curious about that, that I found interesting. I did it the fun um, during a conversation with blade and Deacon frost in the park when he's holding the little girl um, frost just calls him an uncle Tom, which I thought was really fucking fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That was a oof. That was uh, something I did not put in the next segment. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, definitely thought that was interesting. But of course, my last note is this movie rules ass. Okay, moving on to our next class. Now, I, this is a little bit of a surprise for Sly. And uh, that's because we're going into drama class. And by drama class, I mean we're going to do dramatic readings of quotes from this movie. <laughs> incredible so i found some spicy quotes from uh blade which of course you can find on imdb pretty much 
And uh, some of these are, <laughs> you've heard some of these already, but we're going to do them again. But we're going to try to do as best as I can. Uh, of course, I, I, you mentioned this uh, earlier, and I, I want you to do the Deacon Frost one if you can, if you could please. Oh, this one? Yes. Okay. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm going to go ahead and make myself. All right. I'll tell you what we are, sister. We're the top of the fucking food chain. The blood gods coming out and... Coming and after tonight, you people are fucking history. He's a hurricane, an act of God. Anyone caught in his path will be instantly turned. Every time you've ever, everyone you've ever known, everyone you've ever fucking loved, it won't matter who's pure blood and who's not. How are you gonna cure the whole fucking world? Hmm? And Blade's blood is the key. Excellent, excellent, absolutely. De- this this uh, section with Deacon Frost is. One of my favorites, and I loved his performance of him saying, it. "I was like, we're on top of the fucking food chain." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, that was so good." Oh, love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Uh, of course, okay. I'm gonna go ahead. You did this one earlier, so I'm gonna try my best to do this one. All right, here we go. Take it. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> Followed immediately by him, a fucking roundhouse kicking yes. a vial. Yes, a vial into his fucking head, uh, which then of course explodes him into a thousand pieces. Which those effects still look good, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Which, what does that mean? <laughs> I guess it's just always trying to do it the hard way. But this is a totally different way to say that. Yeah, I mean, it's real fucking hard to ice skate uphill, I guess. I guess, I guess. So yeah, that this line is another one of those iconic, like, strictly from Blade, just like some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. So glad to do that justice. Uh, if you can, go ahead and do Blade. If you can, I want to hear your Blade impression. Oh, God. Is this line in the car? I can't remember exactly when this I believe, I believe it is. I think it's right before he, like, sends her... Um, to her apartment, I think. Alright. So he goes, You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topping. There's another world beneath it. The real world. And if you want to survive it, you better learn to pull the trigger. Another one of those, like, deep, just like, damn, Blade. Alright, go off. Go off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll do this last one only because it's short and sweet. And this, by the way, I was like, huh, this is another one of those interesting, like, yeah, why is he the only one getting shot at who looks like a normal person versus the vampire that's burnt up? But, of course, it's uh, after being shot by a hospital security, which I think they were police officers. Motherfucker, are you on your damn mind? <laughs> which is, like, such a, like, break from the I'm a brooding vampire hunter. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> God. Absolutely, absolutely adore everything about that. So that might be a recurring segment. Or we might change classes. Who knows? But that was uh, that was fun. I have, we have another good one for next week's episode. So I'm very excited for that too. Oh yeah. Moving on to our next class, music room. Now, music room is obviously a class where you play piano and stuff like that. And it's a big thing about discussion music. Superhero movies around this time are remembered for their original soundtracks. 
there are so many like artists that contributed and really blow up around that. There's also music videos that are usually around this time where it features like either scenes from movies or character cameos and stuff like that. And so every episode, if the movie obviously has it, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of those bangers because, you know, we're going to get in the Spider-Man era and I'm very excited about that. So once we get there, we're going to talk about this one. Now, of course, does the music hold up in this movie? There's not a lot that I can really speak for, to be totally honest. As a matter of fact, the actual original uh, ODST doesn't have a lot of the music in the movie, from my understanding. There's really just one song and one song only, and that's why I highlighted it uh, in our document right now, which I'll provide the link to so you can listen to it, because we can't play it, obviously, in here. But there is a song by New Order, which also has various other artists, but it's basically just a like EDM, just like do 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 like that's literally it. But that's famous because that is like everywhere on the internet in the early 2000s. Like I saw that like and all the like stupid like flash animation videos like. People use this song to death. Like, I, it's both a awesome and terrible song. <laughs> it's like... It's fucking bop. Yeah, like, no, for sure. <laughs> you're just, it, it feels like a rave, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think tonally it felt... All of the music in, in this movie felt tonally appropriate and really fit the vibe they were going for and i think especially like all those like club scenes and like the w- another one that stands out to me is the performers that are in the yes. area above the records where they're like on like a like boxing ring or whatever mm-hmm. and then you have all the like businessmen just like chilling smoking <laughs> cigars i think that performance was really well done as well yeah i, I had a lot of fun with that as well um, of course, the soundtrack itself has a mix of rap and EDM, most notably tracks featuring Mob Deep, uh, Mystical, which uh, a lot of the song titles are like Edge of the Blade or Watch Out for My Blade. You know, like it's like a lot of like knife stuff, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, KRS-One, Busy Bone and Junkie XL, which notably later, I think, did something for these movies or at least I think they probably did something for the DC universe. I've heard his name before when it comes to uh, soundtracks for movies. So we'll probably hear them at a later time, but that's pretty much going to do us for the music room on this week. I think we'll have more to talk about with the movies going forward. So very excited for that. Um, of course, upcoming is our next section, which of course is quiz time quiz time. Of course, we got to do pop, yeah, a little bit of a pop quiz. We got some questions here. I'm gonna go ahead and start copying and pasting. These are easy ones this week. I just don't want to. They want to overburden you, you know, early on in the show. So these are gonna be some quick ones. So some of these things are like you can take random guesses on, but we're gonna. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So for the first question in our pop quiz, who was originally gonna play Blade? So I give you. This is a multiple choice. Was it a Will Smith? B, Cuba Gooding Jr., or C, LL Cool J? I would kind of think of, like, how old is LL Cool J right now? <laughs> like, he, uh, I would say he's <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I think he, I think he's similar with, like, Wesley Snipes, if not a little bit younger, I think. Okay. Yeah, Will Smith okay. is, like, in his, like, I 20s, have... I think. 
have no idea. Keep in mind, this movie came out before I was born. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> this is uh, this is like Will Smith's like um, Independence Day. If you've seen that, like it's post his uh, Fresh Prince, so he's starting to get in the movie. So it's highly possible that he was chosen to be Blade. Um, of course, Cuba Junior. It's mostly famous for Jerry Maguire, which was also before this movie, I believe. So he's got a rising career in this as well. So LL Cool J, I believe, I can only tell you like movies after the 2000s. I can't tell you. Um, Deep Blue Sea, I'm not sure when that came out, but he was in that movie too. Gosh, I have no idea. (laughs) If you had to take a random educated guess, who do you think? I would say B, B, I think. Cuba Good Jr.? Because, yeah, because Will Smith, he's not into anything serious yet, right? Like, he's done yeah. mostly more comedic, lighthearted stuff. I could give you that. I feel like L. Cool J was just rapping. Like, I don't think he was acting yet. Yeah, it's, it's a high possibility that this is an in-between period. But I think, like, roughly at this point, he was starting to become an actor. So, okay. So you're saying B, Kubu Engineer? The answer is LL Cool J almost was Blade. Really? Yes, uh, which uh, I've wow. sourced this. I sourced this from a Screen Rant article. I will look deeper. But uh, yeah, so LL Cool J was supposedly in the running to do it. Um, but I think he had to back out. And of course, they got uh, Wesley Snipes, which was a way better choice, in my opinion. He definitely embodies this role mm-hmm. as... Um, as we'll talk about later, but they definitely wanted to, at the very least have this in. Will Smith was not, as far as I know, not considered Cuba Jr. Jr. Was these are totally ones I made up. Another person that was though, was Denzel Washington, which I wrote down as a fake answer, but then I went, did research and in another report said that he was up for the role. So I took him out of the running, but he was another one that we could have got Denzel as blade, which would have been That's funny. I, <laughs> Yeah, I love LL Cool J in like NCIS and stuff, but like I could not see him as like. <laughs> some motherfuckers always want to escape uphill. <laughs> That's my LL Cool J. <laughs> uh, I can't do a Denzel, but I would wish I could. Okay, moving on to the next question, which is without looking, what is Blade's tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh gosh, that is a great question. Can I give a range, or do I have to? Yeah, give, like, I'll give you. No, I'll give you. I'll give you a range. I'll give you a range. Or you. Um, okay. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you, he's he's not in the top eighty, so it's below that, and he's not in the bottom I third. Like, I would say like mid to high seventies. Mid to high seventies. Okay. I don't know if that's over or under shooting it, but that's I'm thinking about like how people would have reacted mm-hmm. to this movie. I think that's yeah. about where it would land. And this is fun. We didn't Sorry. really talk about the, we didn't talk about this though, but this is fun to talk about because at this point, the major movies that were superhero dominant in the major motion picture was Superman, the movies and those subsequent sequels and Batman. Batman was probably the biggest, I think roughly in this actually, hold on. I believe within this um, same year, Batman and Robin was 97. So it was the year before. 
And so, so this is after Batman and Robin, very different movie, very, very different movie. (laughs) And this is actually the first since, um, a series of, uh, one other movie that, um, we'll talk about that again, uh, about the other movies that we, we skipped. But, uh, other than that, yeah, this was the first, this is the second major motion picture for Marvel. So it is interesting. And not only that, it is a rated R movie. It is also featuring a black superhero, which is also pretty crazy to think about. And the second movie uh, featured a very prominent uh, racial character. So, uh, so sadly, for Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's sitting at fifty-eight. However, mm. audience I didn't scores. Think about I, yeah. So what I I failed to consider is that while. Uh, critics are still very much uh, <laughs> cis white men. Mm-hmm. At the time, mm-hmm. it was even more so. Yes. And so I could definitely see that score from critics at that time. Fair enough. Yeah, that is definitely way to put it. <laughs> and of course, right now it has an audience score of 78, close to 80%. So that you were yeah, on I the got, mark. I got it right on the nose I'm gonna give there. You, honestly, <laughs> you get credit for this one because you, at the very least, ha- were the zeitgeist of where people are actually feeling about this movie, and I think that's important. As much as we want to talk about how people thought then, and even like some people are writing reviews for it now and still doing messing with the score, I still think that 78 is definitely where this thing propels. So I think that's a, a solid one point there for you. I'm giving that to you because I think that was a solid uh, answer. Um, let me go back to my questions here. Okay, the other question I have is: Does true or false? Does Wesley Snipes do his own stunts? I I feel like this is a little bit cheating because I saw the credits and he has a stunt double mm-hmm. listed in the credits. I don't know how much they utilize that. Like they have to cast one regardless of they how do. much true. the actor does their own stunts. So I would oh gosh, true or false? I feel like he did most of them because a lot of mm-hmm. the stunts were pretty close. On his face. And usually if somebody's subbing out, they're going to do a wider shot for that. That is correct. So, yeah. You're true? right. It is true. He he uh, does do his own stunts. Uh, he does have a stunt double, obviously, for certain things. And there's some stuff that we'll talk about in the other movies about the stunt double. But uh, when it comes to <laughs> oh, this one specifically, uh, so it says not only does he do his own stunts, he is actually a karate master. In fact, during the movie Demolition Man, he was told to slow down because he was too fast for the camera. So incredible. Yes. Yeah, it definitely shows yeah. in his fighting style for sure. Yeah. Wow. He's an actual yeah, he actually knows his shit. And uh that's what's really cool about Blade specifically is that yeah, you can see it in his performance and when he's on it, he's on it. It's awesome. So yeah, definitely uh love that Wesley Snipes can do his science. And the final question, I'm actually this is gonna be a reoccurring question because uh the MCU was chock filled of these. Almost all of the movies, uh, for uh, except for this obviously recent period. Um, does Stan Lee have a cameo? <laughs> did you find Stan Lee in this movie? I didn't see him, but also this was '98. What did I? I don't think I know what Stan Lee looked like in '98. Fair enough. That is also so point. I could very much well. This is like the second like Marvel property, right? Yeah. I feel like there's good chance he did but i didn't see it okay um is there so is, is that a yes or a no that's a strong maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's a no i didn't see it 
but yeah, it probably was in there. And I okay. missed it. <laughs> I'm going to give you another partial credit because no, you did not see him in this movie because he's not in this movie. However, he did he's film a scene. Okay. He did film a scene. He filmed, uh, he is one of there the EMTs. He's one of the EMTs that finds the charred remains of uh, Quinn. So, uh, wow. def- or a cop. He's one, of the, he's one of the two. But yeah, he, he did film a scene. He is not, though, in the final cut, which is sad. Um, so, no, in this movie, he does not. But will we see him in the future of the extended Marvel movies? You have to find out and see for the rest of the episode. So, okay, uh, that I'm concludes, excited. of course, quiz time. Uh, I'm going back to homeroom. We're going. We're about to leave school today for the day. Um, so, I just want to do final thoughts on the movie. What, what What was your overall perception and you know your final statement on this movie? I really enjoyed it. With you know some things that didn't like sit 100% with me considering the fact that it is a rated R movie so they can go there right it is from 1998 I I really liked it I had a good time watching this um I yeah I would say I liked it I really liked it we already talked about it it holds up pretty well um and there's so many good quips like the quips the lines the quotes are just so incredible and i i'm gonna remember a lot of these quotes uh after watching that for sure i'm definitely gonna be dropping these quotes uh throughout the uh point in progress podcast going forward which is gonna be (laughs) so fun um but yeah i agree i adore this movie i think that if you are one of those collectors that has all of the marvel cinematic universe in a box set or anything as an addendum i think this is definitely something that should be on your shelf as well it is in 4k i'm very happy to report that so if you want to see the best version of it, it is available um, i'm very curious about how those um graphics look in 4k uh, <laughs> which by the way i thought we watched our uh the next movie that we're gonna do i watched that in 4k which was really cool i did find some fun little mistakes in the film which i will talk about in the next episode <laughs> so that's gonna be great uh but little yes teaser. little teaser um so yeah i definitely i say check out blade uh blade uh, as a wesley snipes vehicle is fantastic in terms of seeing what he can do as both a sort of like serious comedic actor because you can't really take him too seriously which i think is hilarious but also as like an action star i think this is definitely one of his peak films and why it's so remembered for what it is and you know for the sequels ahead why people wanted more um and he even wants to come back to this role at some point which i think that if he include him you know they're doing multiverse stuff why not just throw blade in there i don't care um and then or uh have him be a character in blade the you know the marvel cinematic version so even so I think we're about to go home. But before we go home, we got to do some homework for the next episode. Uh, Next episode, we're doing it again, chronological. So the next movie is X-Men 2000. That's right. We're going to watch the Brian Singer classic X-Men which I had no idea was a movie. I watched the the uh, blue, the DVD for Fight Club back in the day, and I saw a trailer for this movie, and I was like, what is this movie? And I had no idea it was an X-Men movie because it doesn't look like <laughs> the X-Men that I know. So I'm very excited to revisit that. Uh, t- you know, Spoilers, we watched it already. We'll talk about it probably right after this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very excited to revisit that movie and uh, see if it holds up. 
So definitely do your homework. If you're going to watch with us next week, we'll be X-Men 2000. Definitely check that out. And of course, Sly, where can people find you on the net? You can find me everywhere on the internet at MC. If you want to check out what I've been doing lately, they should be on my Twitter. That's probably the most up-to-date uh, where you can find all the stuff I'm working on. Fantastic. And of course, you can find me at Night Mute City on Twitter, but also at Point in Progress where we do so many cool things. We actually have other podcasts. We have the Point in Progress podcast, which we do live every Friday. Uh, breakout videos, I believe, on Monday and Tuesday. And uh, we also have, if you love Final Fantasy, we have a Final Fantasy spinoff show called uh, Fantasy in Progress, which is also a cool show that both Harv, Fiona, and Frank do over here on Here Hat Show. I'm not sure when it releases. I totally forgot about that part. But definitely check us out on our YouTube channels or on our audio platforms where we can find them, I'm sure, which uh, I believe we're going to spit. Well, well, the first couple episodes will probably be on the main channel just to be like, hey, check what we're doing. And then we'll have a split off channel. So mm -hmm. just keep in mind, check us out at the point in progress uh, for now. And then definitely check out when we have a, a MC University feed uh, separate, I think, as well. I think that would be smart. But uh, until then, uh, class dismissed. Blade is the key. All our strengths. None of our weaknesses.